0: Well good morning. I think all of you know who I am. Um, I've been doing, I have, I was sharing with some people this morning that I pastored full-time for about 20 years and if you figure 50 weeks roughly a year, um, take a couple weeks off, uh, times 20 that's a thousand sermons. And I confess to you right now that it's still as hard as it was the first time. Um, Unlike many who write down a multitude of notes and preach that way, somehow God has chosen to use me in a somewhat different way. And I've tried it the other way and it just doesn't work. Right, Joni? So, yeah, here I am. And uh, I have, I believe, um, a fairly stern word this morning. Um, We'll see how it goes. But I want to, first of all, I want to encourage you as God's people to, in some of my conversations, even this morning with people, I'm aware that there is is pseudo-truth. Um, And and here here I am, I I believe in, I'm a, I'm trying to describe what kind of a Christian I am. And there are different sort of, you know, there's evangelicals and there's charismatics and there's, you know, uh, conservative and liberal and all that jazz. Well, I I think I tend to be, theologically, I tend to be charismatic, although I may not be practically that charismatic. Someone said to me recently, Actually, at the wedding that my daughter got married last weekend, praise the Lord. um, Someone said to me at the wedding that, that most of the expansion of the church, the real expansion of the church where people are genuinely getting converted to Jesus Christ is taking place through churches that believe in the ongoing manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the earth today, which I adhere to. I believe that God is still moving by his spirit and still doing the same things today that he did in the first century church, and that there is no end to that in terms of um, what he wants to do. Now, how we manifest that or how we express it in our community is relatively limited, I would suggest, but that's okay. God is, and, and some of what we're some of what we're experiencing, even in these days and through Seek Night and stuff, is actually, I believe, God wanting to move in again and and begin to empower us and endue us, as it says in in Acts, when Jesus said to his disciples, "Tarry at Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high, and then go and declare the gospel to people." Okay, so I'm I'm one of those kind of Christians. What I, want to, what I really want to caution us about and, and I, want to, I want to make a specific point of this. I've been labeled as someone who has a prophetic sort of anointing or gift for lack of a... And that scares me in many ways because one of the things that is absolutely true is that most of the pseudo-Christian religions that are out there right now, for instance, Mormonism, Jehovah Witness. And there's a bunch of others. Those kind of religions that are not truly Christian, they are all birthed out of extra big biblical revelation. In other words, somebody got a vision of something and then he began to write it down or declare it, and next thing you know, he's got a whole following that are, are chasing this stuff, and they are now so far removed from the truth of the gospel that. They're they're lost. They're just as lost as they were before. They're just lost in a different way. Amen. I believe that's true. And the one thing I want to emphasize with us today is stay close to the Word of God. There is all kinds of room for vision and there's all kinds of room for declaration of what God is doing, and there's pictures that you get and all of that. But that should never, ever, ever replace God's Word and always, always, always compare it to the Word of God and make sure that it ties in 100% with that. Because if it doesn't, just throw it in the garbage can because that's where it belongs. And I don't care how lovely it sounds. Oh, that's so beautiful. If it ain't true, throw it in the garbage can. And God give us discernment. And one of the best ways to get discernment is spend time in his word. Just throw the Bible on your lap and say, Lord, teach me your ways. And when you open the word of God, I believe he's going to keep you. Amen? So just a cautionary word. And it's not that... It's not that God stops loving these people, but they're an error. In that. And my message this morning, I think, is going to be about this to some degree. Um, and I said with some folks this morning, I wish I was one of those people that could just write a whole bunch of notes down and have it all written down and just read it to you, and it'll be great. That's not the way God lets me work, so. Sorry. The other thing that I thought of this morning... Um, is I've been at this, I've done this a lot of times. One of these times is going to be the last time. It is. Not yet, but one of these times it will be. This could be the last time. No, I I don't believe it is. But one of these times it will be, so pay attention. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for your word. That your word is a lamp unto our feet. That means we can see where we are, and it's a light upon our path, so we know where we're going. So, Lord, as I share from your word today, I pray that we would have our feet lit up, so we know where we actually stand, and we have the pathway that we're to walk on lit up, so we know where we're going. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so how many of you read christian literature and i when i say christian literature i'm not talking about christianese novels i'm talking about you know deep stuff anybody okay good good but let me let me just say if you do that be careful that everything you read isn't just written in the last five or ten years Make sure that you pick up stuff that's old. Because a lot of the old stuff has got deep and profound truths and theology that somehow, in a lot of the new stuff that's written, is it's a lot fluffier. And it seems to miss the deep truths of God. And read, read stuff like, whether... <laughs> like uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, A.W. Tozer, um, John Bunyan's, uh, what was it, Pilgrim's Progress, incredible. The story, the, uh, the allegory in that is incredible. Read that stuff, because it it just uh, brings profound truths. And it's not to say that, you know, the stuff that we're quoted every Sunday, uh, I can't even remember who all these guys are that, that Josh and Tom quote. Dallas Willard, for instance, like he's... And Lewis, is a, he's another old guy that listened to him, yeah. Profound truths. Read that, amen, but read the other stuff too. But most of all, read the Word of God. Amen. Okay, so this morning, I've got my notes all spread out in front of me here. Those few scriptures that I'm going to refer to. And I'm going to start with, how come I didn't write that one down? Oh, there it is. Ha ha. Romans chapter 1. Here, here guys, um, if you want to get deep theology, you want to get buried in deep theology, the truth of God's word, Romans is a great one, and Hebrews. Not that the rest is less important, but those two, man, that's deep stuff. Romans chapter one, Acts, Romans. Thought I had this morning is a lot of times as Christians, we think we have to be nice. That to be loving is to be nice. And I'm not saying we should deliberately not be nice. But when Jesus turned over the tables of the money changers in the temple and got a a, a cord of ropes and started thrashing around with that, would anyone have described that as nice? Oh, Jesus, that was nice. No, it's so nice of you to overthrow the money changers. No. The zeal of your house has consumed me. So Jesus did something. He never, ever sinned. So what he did was not sinful. And it wasn't nice, right? So here's the point. If you're always concerned about being nice, you're going to miss God. But if you're always concerned about God's truth and what's right... You may not be nice all the time, but there w- th- something is going to transpire and something is going to transact in people's lives if you do these things. And you're going to also receive a certain amount of uh, persecution. I don't like that word. Persecution? Yeah, persecution. Okay, Romans 1. Where am I going to start? Verse 18. really well, let's start at verse 16. paul says for i am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god for salvation to everyone who believes to the jew first and also to the greek for in it the righteousness of god is revealed from faith to faith as it is written the righteous shall live by faith and the just shall live by faith it's written in Habakkuk 2 and here and in another place, the just shall live by faith. That's the great revelation that Martin Luther got, the Roman Catholic priest, when he went into the Word and all of a sudden God revealed to him, the just shall live by faith. It wasn't on the basis of papal bulls and throwing money and clinking in the collection plate and all of that stuff. It was on the basis of faith, response to God, right? Amen. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Okay, people don't like to hear about the wrath of God. And one of the things that troubles me a little bit, and I'm old and maybe a little crusty. And I've, actually I was thinking the other day, I was thinking we got saved, Joni and I got saved on the same night. We were, we were church going people. We got saved on the same night in 1982 so i don't know that's a long time ago um, and one of the things that i feel like we have heard um increasingly as time goes on is we hear about the love of god how much god loves us and that's, not an, that's absolutely true. God loves you. And the reason Jesus came in the first place to, to redeem us is because God loves us. That's why he came. But the reality is he's also got a, another bunch of dimensions to him. And one of the things that I want to say today, if this is my last time ever is that we need, to, we need to have all the dimensions of God included in our theology, otherwise we are going to miss it. And one, one of the attributes of God is he, is he has wrath, and his wrath is based on his desire for justice. Right? And the thing is, we got saved from something. We got saved from eternal damnation because of Jesus shed blood and he, he dying in our place. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ. That's the, that's the, the trade off. You guys are also quiet, it's freaking me out. For the wrath of God is revealed. from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them so here we are God is God is revealed and this is what this is going to say for his invisible attributes God's invisible attributes namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse no one has an excuse to say well i don't believe in god because the attributes of god are clearly seen on the basis of what he what he has created you follow me here so for although they knew god they did not honor him as god or give thanks to him but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, and this is is important, therefore God gave them up in their lusts of the heart to impurity and the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. Now, here we live in this day, where we have this whole, all around us is this incredible green agenda, and I'm not getting political here, but there's this green agenda, and the green agenda is essentially at its heart is worshiping the earth. Worshiping the earth instead of worshiping the creator. Worshiping, we got to save the earth, the earth, mother earth, all that stuff. It's all based on abandoning A worship of god and embracing something else worshiping the creature rather than the creator what i hear going on and i'm uh, whether you're a liberal or a conservative left-wing right-wing that's not the point we gotta be tuned into what god is all about and we're not to worship the creature we're supposed to worship the creator so the green agenda is based in its in its root. It's based on the fact that you, they, they will not bow the knee to God, so then they have to become gods unto themselves. They have to be in control. Well, they're not in control, and I don't care if your name's Bill Gates and you got $500 billion in the bank. It doesn't matter. You are not in control. There's only one who's in control, and that's God. Amen? So, should we take care of planet Earth? 100%. We need to be responsible. But do not, do not think that it's your job to uh, look after everything on planet Earth. It isn't. It's your job to live your life to the glory of God. That may mean you pick up your garbage. It probably does, but not exclusively. Amen. Then this next few verses is all about how weird the sexuality got. And I'll tell you, when I look at stuff, when I look at what's going on out there in the world today, in terms of sexuality, it's like, are you freaking kidding me? Here's the point. God created the heavens and the earth. He created man and woman, and everything he created, he said, it is good. He's got an enemy, the devil, who wants to take everything that God created and turn it upside down and mess it up and screw it up. And what, what, what we're seeing in the world around us today is basically the perversion of sexuality in so many bizarre ways is all about the unwinding of what God has made good. A desire to undermine and trash and create chaos in every facet of life, including sexuality. God made man and he made woman all these other lb whatever million other alphabetical letters that are included in they're not oh you might not like what i'm saying but that's okay it's still the truth it's still the truth that doesn't mean we don't love those people we love them we love them enough to tell them the truth and Like I was lost till I got saved, right? How many of you, we were all lost until we got, so these people are lost. There's nothing wrong with being lost except you shouldn't stay lost, right? I once was lost, but now I'm found blind, but now I see. I'm gonna skip over those verses. You can read them on your own. And I'm gonna jump down to verse 28. And since they not, did not see fit to acknowledge God, and this is, this is an important line, they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind. God gave them up to a debased mind. So he's not, he, is li- like he literally took his hands off and said, Fine then, if that's the way you want to be, go your way. He gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of, and look around us today in the world, and, and you know I don't want to dwell on this, but they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetous, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil. Man, inventors of evil. There is more, cr- more wickedness going on weird, wacky, crazy wickedness, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Yuck. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. So that's, that's the world we're kind of living in, folks. But here, this is the bright spot. That's them, that's them, and this is us. You are you're in the world, but you're not of the world, right? We are we have a king, we have a kingdom that we belong to that is not of this world. And the the wonder of it is that although we are in the world and not of the world, we still have an influence. And here's the point. We, we think, like, I, am, I, I have a real problem with a lot of sort of rapture theology where it's like we're kind of hanging on the doorpost, just, you know, just, Jesus, come and get us out of here. It's getting really bad down here. Can you come now? Well, he'll come when he's good and ready. In the meantime, we need to be found faithful. Testifying of God's goodness and his reality and allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work. Here, what happened to you and me when we decided to follow Jesus? Something was working in our hearts that we didn't start that process. I didn't just decide, well, uh, let's see. Let's see what's out there. Something was working and people were praying for me. And people were praying for you. That you would, you know, your heart would be opened up. This morning, this morning, I want you to just spend a second and think about the person close, a person close to you that you think is impossible for the gospel to reach. Everybody's got one. Everybody's oh, I, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I know that person. I've got several behold god says in his word behold i am the lord the god of all flesh is there anything too hard for me there's a rhetorical question what do you think the answer is we can sing no lord there's nothing too difficult for you there's not a heart that's so hard that your your light cannot penetrate it so i want to take a few minutes right now if you would right in the middle of this we're gonna we're gonna pray i'm gonna pray and we're going to pray for that person or those people that you think are impossible. And we're going to ask God to come right now by his Holy Spirit and move upon those people and see what will happen. Amen. Maybe nothing will happen, but chances are, if we keep doing that, something's going to happen. Heavenly Father, we come, we come to you in the worthy, precious name of your great son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he came to seek and to save that which is lost. And God, we have just, in our minds, we have just processed uh, at least one person, and maybe several, who we see as, well, at least virtually impossible for you to reach. Lord, we lift those ones up to you in Jesus' name. We pray that the Holy Spirit would just brood upon them, right now, like you did over the waters before the creation began in Genesis 1. Lord, Holy Spirit, brood over these ones and open their blind eyes and their hardened hearts that they might receive the gospel of Jesus Christ and be saved. Thank you, Lord, that you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and the knowledge of you. And we pray that you would remind us to lift these ones up in the future until they are actually redeemed. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, God is love. And in 1 John, you read 1 John, it's all about that. But there's a psalm that says, Psalm 7, verse 11, it says, God is a just judge. How many of you believe that? God is a just judge. And it says, and God is angry with the wicked every day. God is angry with the wicked every day. He's not happy about wickedness, folks. He doesn't just gloss over wickedness. He longs to see people turned and wickedness overcome. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good is our mandate. I want to turn now to second Timothy three. Are you guys okay with this or if you're not you can slap me later, but it's all right. Second Timothy chapter three. Sorry, I'm reading a bunch of scripture, but no, I'm not sorry I'm reading a bunch of scripture this is this is the word of the Lord. Um, Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read most, maybe all of it. Understand this. Paul says to Timothy, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. Some of the translations call it perilous, perilous times. In the last days there shall come times of difficulty. Okay, are we in the last days? Anybody want to comment on that? Obviously, if you're just having a new baby soon, you hope you're not right at the last of the last days. Eh? And I don't I don't know if we're in the last, last days, but one thing's for sure, we're in the laster days than yesterday. And we're certainly in the laster days. The days are a lot laster than they were when when Paul wrote this to Timothy. And he's saying that in the last days, there'll come times of difficulty or perilous times for people and here again, we read in Romans chapter 1, and a lot of this is almost like repetitious, but for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, whew, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Then it says avoid such people. Huh. Avoid them. For among them are those who creep, and I'm going to skip over those verses because I don't really know how to comment on that. But down to verse 8, just as Janus and Jambers opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding faith but they will not get very far for their folly will be plain to all as it was also for those two men so sometimes sometimes when i look around me in the world i get despairing does that happen to you and it feels like it feels like the enemy's winning sometimes doesn't it it feels like it it's like literally what the hell is going on pardon my language but the reality is, it says very, but they will get not get very far. Here's the point. They will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all. And, and that's, that gives me hope. They will not get very far. They're not, it's not going to end there. You, however, and this is Paul saying to Timothy, and this is, this is an admonition to you and I. You, however... Have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and suffering that happened to me in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from all of them the Lord delivered me, rescued me. Then this is the verse that we don't like very much. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So, yeah, that's just a fact. While evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from a childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. Here again, it's the word of God, the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And then it says, and this is a, this is, very often quoted scripture. All scripture is breathed out by God. All scripture. And is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for the training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You want to be complete? Spend your time in the Word of God and ask His Holy Spirit to teach you. Amen? Amen. We need God's word and we need it to penetrate our hearts. Um, I'm going I'm to do a Tozer quote, A.W. Tozer. Outside the will of God, he said, there's nothing I want. I'm not sure I could confess that totally, but he said, outside of the will of God, there's nothing I want. Inside the will of God, there is nothing. I fear. That's good stuff. Inside the will of God, there's nothing I fear. One of the things I was going to do at the start of this is ask you what you're afraid of. Any of you? Are you afraid of anything? Okay, that's good. Nobody's afraid of anything. That's the way it ought to be. Inside the will of God, there's nothing I fear. What? I know, I should have... Bounce that right at the beginning, but. Hmm? Angela said something? Oh, sorry, Angela. Losing control. Okay. You're afraid of the ocean? Oh. You know, both of those came to my mind. <laughs> And if you're in the ocean, you definitely lost control. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, God is in control, Angela, and He did create the ocean, and He made us so that. What do you think it is that attracts us to the seaside? Fish. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to get off on way off on that stuff, but mermaids. No, oh, okay, we're we're stopping here. Are you? Yeah, I think all kids were afraid of the dark at one time. Hmm. Okay. Amen. We need to stay with God. Let me. Let me. Um, I don't know how I'm doing for time, but I guess I got a couple of minutes left. I want to give some encouragement from Scripture. And are our fears normal and natural? I think they are. But I think that what we need to recognize is that greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world, Amen. And that He's for us and not against us. God is for us and not against us. And our um, Trish, you love your kids, and of course you want them to be redeemed. You want them to, to have eternal life in Jesus Christ. The reality is God loves your kids more than you do, and he wants that. And I think that often there's a, there's a scripture um, in James, and I've I referred to this so many times in sermons, but it says in James, For the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, well, I'm not righteous. Well, you are. You've got, received the imputed righteousness of Christ. The effectual fervent prayer. Now, effectual just means it's effective. Fervent means it's, there's some heat to it. Fervency is like boiling water. This is fervency. So it's not. Hey, God, if you don't mind, God, can you do something for my family? like you know if you don't mind no it's like there's a boiling to it there's like there's a there's a heat in an intensity in your heart the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man it says avails much the amplified version says makes much power available dynamic in its working so when you pray fervently for your kids you're releasing i believe you're releasing the power of god makes much power available, dynamic, and it's working. It will do something. It actually changes the environment. People say, why should we pray? God already knows what I need. Yeah, he does, but he includes you in the process. That's the whole point. He's got a relationship with you, and he wants you to communicate with him. Yes? Yes. Yes. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not, this is King James, because I quote everything in King James. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the name of our our God. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Um, Ephesians 6 12 for we wrestle not here's here's what what often happens to me my wife will she can vouch for me here I get so angry sometime with this be ye angry and sin not does not has not applied very well to me continually be ye angry and sin not but I often feel like I'm wrestling with flesh and blood that there's actually, there are evil people in the world, folks. Don't kid yourself. There are evil people. But beyond behind the evil people, there's something going on. There's principalities and powers that are at work trying to unravel what God wants to do. And we talked this morning and we prayed this morning before the service about the beauty of nature. And what Everything God made is beautiful. And everything the devil wants to do is steal, kill, and destroy the beauty of God and what he has created. We have an adversary who goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and we're encouraged to resist him steadfast. Submit yourself unto God. Submit yourself unto God. Resist the devil, and it says he will flee. Are you scared of the devil? Well, should we be? Fight him every day. I think the point is we don't diminish who he is and what he is, but we need to recognize that God is bigger and God, he who is in you is bigger than he that is in the world. Amen. So the fear, like he's, there's a lot of bluster in the devil. For we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places or heavenly places. Ephesians 6 verse 12. We need to remember we're in a wrestling match. But the victory already belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? He's already won the battle. Okay, I've rattled on for a bit. There's a lot, of go, lot going on in the world today where they're trying to up, upset our perspective. Where, well, it says in Isaiah 5, 5, verse 20, Woe to them that call evil good, and good evil, that put darkness for light, and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Isaiah 5, verse 20, woe to them. Woe is not good. It doesn't mean stop, it means you're under a curse. Woe to you if you do these things. The world around us is busy doing that. And moreover, here's the point. We need to increase our intensity of wanting people to come into the kingdom of God. We need to increase our desire to see people come out of darkness into his marvelous light. You can't drum that up. But God wants to move in our day. And here's here's what I long for. I'm I'm definitely in the twilight zone of my life. Like even my daughter, my youngest daughter just got married and I'm 70 years old and I've got I think 19-year-old grandkids. So let's say my daughter got pregnant tomorrow, my youngest daughter got pregnant tomorrow and had a kid. By the time that child is 19, I'll be 90. No, but uh, odds are i might not make it it doesn't matter but i mean it like i'm definitely moving along in the in the thankfully i'm still here now where was i going with that thought see that's a sign of old age twilight Yes, it's that when I talk about what we know of God and Jesus in the gospel, that they will think I'm because i against the world, like I'm out things in the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you all hear that? Nonetheless, whether they think you're crazy or not, you're not crazy. And uh, no, I know we don't want to be un. We don't want them to think we're crazy. We don't want them not to like us. Of course not. But nonetheless. Continue in the truth, right? And one of, the, one of the things I really believe is necessary, it's not that we never talk, but sometimes our silence speaks louder than our words. Um, and we need to know, I believe part of the whole process of having, we pray for discernment, part of the process of having discernment is actually knowing when to speak and when to keep your mouth shut. And, uh, and not to be afraid. Not that Like often our mouth shut is based on fear. We, we hold back because of fear. We might also even speak out because of fear. That, that happens too, where you fear, like, you fear that maybe you're going to miss God if you don't you know, interject something here. We need to come to a new place of peace in our hearts where we know that we know that we know this is the time to be silent and this is the time to speak up. And I'm, I'm like often, I'm, I'm quite convinced that if we're willing to speak up, God says, open your mouth and I will fill it. Like often we wonder, well, I don't really know what to say. True. But if we are willing to open our mouth, we have that freedom. I believe he will actually do what he said. Open your mouth and he will fill it. Yeah. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love. God loves us perfectly. He wants us not to be afraid. He wants us to be... um, Secure. I think that's a good word. Secure in Him. Amen? Okay, I'm going to quit now. I'm sorry for the ramble. Ramble on. Yeah, I could, I guess, but I'm not going to. (laughs) Okay, let's pray. Lord, we're we are grateful that, um, yeah, we're grateful to gather here. We're grateful for your word. We, uh, we pray that we would be a people, like Paul said to Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We want to be those people, God. We want to be a people who understand the truth of your word. Do not take it out of context. Do not try and apply it, shove it into places it doesn't belong, but that we would take the whole counsel of God and that we would be a people who walk that out uh, fully in our lives. Teach us your ways, Lord. May we be a people who increasingly give glory to the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. May we be a people who honor you, not just on Sunday mornings, but every day of our lives. Help us to be... Um, humble, repentant when we miss, and God, it, there's no doubt, the earth will be filled. You said this. The earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So we look forward to that. We also proclaim that your word says, of the, when it's prophesied about Jesus in Isaiah, it said, um, of the increase of his government and of peace. There will be no end. So we, pr- we look for increase in your kingdom today, Lord. In spite of what we see around us, we, we want to keep our eye focused on you. We want to see with the eye of the spirit rather than the natural eye what is actually going on in the heavenlies. And we want to be partakers increasingly of your eternal glory, Lord. So help us to be united your word said, Jesus prayed in in, uh, in his high priestly prayer in John, it's recorded, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Help us to love one another, Lord, with pure hearts, fervently, to care for one another, to actually know what love means, to love one another. Um, often, we uh, we tend to think love is all about mushy feelings in our chest, but God, it isn't. It's so much more than that. It's just laying down our lives for one another, serving one another. Help us to be better at that, God, each day. Thank you for our time together today. We go from here with a sense of your presence. We uh, pray for our pastor, Tom, and his family, and all those others who are away on vacation at this time. We ask you just refresh them, Lord, and encourage them, build them up. May they not Think that because they're not here, they're away from you because they aren't. And uh, may they just be reinvigorated and uh, encouraged in Jesus' name. Amen.